Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. The Conservative peer, Baroness Worsey, says Suella Braverman's racist rhetoric makes her unfit for office. As Worsey continues to wonder why the wolves she's decided to live with keep eating all the people she loves. The American President Joe Biden says his visit to Ireland felt like coming home, presumably because the growing threat of paramilitary violence meant he could hear gunfire in the distance. The Labour leader Keir Starmer says he stands by every word of his party's recent attack ads, making them the first words he's said as leader that he will actually stand by. And finally, a 21-year-old United States airman is charged with leaking top-secret documents to a gaming chat room on Discord. Jack Tashira is reportedly a big fan of Fortnite and anti-Semitic memes, which is handy because being forced to fight racists for survival in a confined space should prepare him nicely for 15 years in prison. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. This week we'll be bringing you the latest in the ongoing strike action within the NHS, as well as looking to President Biden's visit to Ireland. First, though, we begin with... Do you think you should butter the outside of a cheese toastie before it goes into a breville? Rishi Sunak doesn't. He thinks it's normal for the bread to stick. In fact, he wants you to stand there looking like an idiot, hacking away at the whole hot mess with a wooden spoon in a desperate attempt to free it. He wants you to get frustrated and stand there spitting and cursing as your failed abortion of a sandwich tears apart and spills hot liquid cheese onto that weird bit of webbing between your thumb and your forefinger. Rishi Sunak thinks it's fun for you to stand with your hand under a cold tap for ten minutes. Do you think Brits deserve a proper lunch? One that's golden brown on both sides and releases easily from the crimping mechanism? Rishi Sunak doesn't. Only Labour have a plan to spread awareness about proper toasty-making etiquette. What the fuck was that? Sorry, everyone. Our signal got hijacked there for a moment, but we'll do our best to look into it and find out what's going on. While we do that, though, let's turn our attention to the American president and Biden's visit to Ireland this week. His brief stop in the UK featured a blink-and-you'll-miss-it photo op for Rishi Sunak in Northern Ireland, before Biden then went on to meet with unionist and Republican politicians as he attempted to reaffirm America's support for the Good Friday Agreement. 
The PR tour came at an awkward time for the president, whose administration has been rocked in recent days by the leaking of secret military documents detailing the Ukrainian war effort. A 21-year-old Texas airman has now been arrested and charged over the leak, raising questions as to why the US is sharing potentially harmful top-secret military information with soldiers junior enough to still frequent fortnight chat rooms in the first place. For Biden's part, though, it was all smiles for the camera, which is why it's our job as journalists to bring you what happened behind the scenes, thanks to yet more exclusive audio from our secret source within the British government. Come on now, Cyril. You can do this. You are a potent and capable man. Do you hear me? A potent and capable man. The president is just a man, and not every politician you get asked to work with is a clueless charlatan fueled entirely by self-interest. This is your big chance to impress. You've got this, Cyril. The civil service attaché to President Biden for the duration of his visit. Finally, a chance to meet and work for a real leader. God dang it. I know it's around here somewhere. Think, Joe. Where did you put it? Ah, never mind. I'm sure it'll turn up. Mr. President, sir. Whoa! Holy shit, son. You scared the bejesus out of me. What are you playing at jumping out at an old man like that? Oh, God, I'm very sorry, sir. I I didn't mean to startle you. (laughs) I'm just kidding, kid. It's going to take more than that to surprise Joe Biden. It's a pleasure to meet you. (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. Uh, And believe me, sir, the pleasure is all mine. It was an honour to be asked to support you during this visit. Oh, I see. You're here to assist me, is that right? Absolutely, Mr. President. Anything that you need. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. First things first, then. I... Uh, I don't suppose you've seen a folder around here anywhere, have you? A folder, sir? Yeah, a brown one. About yay high, big red letters on the top. I can't say that I have, sir. Well, then, where in tarnation could it have got to? Um, it sounds rather important, sir. What does, son? The folder. What folder? The one you've just told me you've lost. Would you like some ice cream? I love ice cream. Oh, okay, I guess we're moving on. I'm tremendously excited about this trip, you know. As a proud Irishman, this place holds a very special place in my heart. Guinness, shamrocks, leprechauns, the whole kit and caboodle. Did I mention I'm Irish? A few times over the years, actually. And just as a word of caution, sir, you've listed quite a few stereotypes. I bet it looks amazing on St. Patrick's Day over here. When y'all do the traditional thing and dial the rivers green? Um, they don't do all that here in Northern Ireland, Mr. President. Uh, or next door in the Republic, actually. Uh, it's quite the Americanism, if you don't mind my saying. Really? I'm surprised I didn't know that, given how Irish I am. I'm Irish! Mm-hmm. Perhaps you'd like to go over your itinerary for today, sir? No need, son. I've got it all memorized, right up here in the old noodle. The Biden brain is as sharp as a, a, um, uh... Attack, sir? Attack? Who's attacking? I don't hear any sirens. Uh, n- no, sir, the saying, as sharp as attack. Who's as sharp as attack? You are, sir. Well, that's nice of you to see, son. Have you seen a folder around here by any chance? <sighs> a brown one with big red letters at the top? That's the one. 
No, sir, I'm afraid I haven't. Oops. Well, I hope it doesn't end up on Telegram like the others. Did you know a Telegram is a website now? <laughs> Back in my day, it was just how we'd send messages to each other over the wireless. It's an app, actually, sir. And that's kind of the... You know what, never mind. Uh, I believe we were about to discuss your itinerary. Of course. I believe, first of all, I'm meeting a man called Rashid Sunuk. It's Rishi Sunak, sir, and he's the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Really? Well, good for him. It's been kind of hard to keep track recently. Not just for you, sir. And I believe after that, we're off to Ulster University to speak to some of the young folk there. Yes, sir. I believe that's correct. I'm looking forward to it. Young people are my future, you know? Don't you mean our future, sir? Why? Are they giving you a new set of organs before next year's election, too? Well, good for you, son. I guess we're both going to live forever. I'm sorry, what did you just say? I'm Irish. Say, young lady, have you seen the brown folder about yay high with big red letters on the top? (sighs) Come on, Mr. President, let's get you some ice cream. Gun crime is a terrible scourge on our communities, you know? Oh, I know, Mr. President, I know. I saw a bird once. I'm Irish. From a presidential visit to more domestic concerns now, and the ongoing strikes in the NHS. This week, junior doctors walked out for five whole days in protest over pay and staff retention rates within the health service, while members of the Royal College of Nursing will strike again over the coming bank holiday after rejecting the government's latest pay offer. The Health Secretary, Stephen Barclay, says that there is no... Oh, what is going on with these things? Do you think child sex offenders should serve lengthy prison sentences? Rishi Sunak doesn't. Do you think arsonists should be given their own foot spas and a Nando's black card that entitles them to a free half chicken and chips at any one of 458 restaurants nationwide? Rishi Sunak does. Do you think murderers, nonces, pedalos, wrongans and diddlers should be allowed to skip the queue for Nemesis at Alton Towers? Rishi Sunak does. Rishi Sunak loves crime. Rishi Sunak writes, I love crime in his dream journal, and he draws little stars and hearts around it for decoration. In fact, when Rishi Sunak thinks about crime, he rests his elbows on his desk and cups his chin in his hands, and he lets out a big happy sigh, and his eyes go all big like that cat from Shrek. Rishi Sunak wants to give crime a hot stone massage and go for a long walk on the beach with crime. Rishi Sunak lets crime bum him on crime's birthday and on special anniversaries. Do you think Brits deserve to see a return to community policing and the right to live in safe and harmonious communities? Rishi Sunak doesn't. Only Labour have a serious plan to fight crime and antisocial behaviour. This is ridiculous. How am I supposed to stay on top of our autocue with this amateur hour shit going on? I feel like I'm hosting Noel's house party. Can we please try and track down the source of that signal? Oh, for fuck's sake, not again.
Do you think burglars should be allowed to break into your house, rummage through your drawers, and do a big steaming shit straight in your bread bin? Rishi Sunak does. Where is that coming from? Rishi Sunak thinks burglar turds should sit right next to your open packet of crumpets. You know the ones I mean. It's not in here. You haven't even put a rubber band round them. You've just folded the plastic wrapper underneath the remaining crumpets to form a crude seal. A crude seal that's inevitably letting in some of the steam evaporating off that hot, fresh burglar turd. Rishi Sunak wants all your crumpets to get contaminated. In fact, he probably thinks it'd be funny if the burglar pissed in your freezer too. And do you know what else? Dominic Raab can only come if he's using his free hand to throttle a teddy bear with a Polaroid of his father's face stapled to it. And Suella Braverman is actually six racist guinea pigs in a big coat. When Michael Gove was a child, he used to catch sparrows in a butterfly net and eat them whole. He's got recurring piles as a result of shitting out all the beaks. Kit Malthouse farts into a brown paper bag and huffs it to get high. And Stephen Barclay's hair is actually iron filings and his whole head is one big magnet. Oh, for God's sake, I should have known. Danny, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, for God's sake, what does it look like, Sam? I'm trying to work on my new brief as the Labour Party's latest campaign strategist. Danny, we are a news network, and you've just committed about 30 different types of libel. Oh, libel schmibel, Sam. Whatever happened to free speech? I think you'll find Keir Starmer backs every word of this campaign. Or at least, I think he will, once he hears about it. This is just a cut and thrust of modern politics, Sam. We've got to get down and dirty to get the message across. Except you're not in any way actually affiliated with Labour, are you? This is just another one of your ludicrous money-spinning schemes, and it's even dafter than most of your usual ones. Well, now who's committing libel, Sam? You slander my good name, sir. Danny, you can't just talk shit the loudest and expect that to be enough to win an electoral campaign. You have to have principles, actually stand for something, propose policies that are radical enough to actually reach people that have been disenfranchised by the harmful status quo that's seen wages stagnate, costs soar and living standards fall. Yeah, I just don't think Starmer's going to go for any of that, pal. Fair point, but that doesn't mean you get to hijack the network for your little ad campaign. Oh, buddy, why are you people so sensitive about facts these days? Danny, that the Home Secretary is actually six racist guinea pigs in a big coat is not a fact. Ah, but it is believable, Sam, and that's all that matters. We live in a post-truth world, mate, and if you don't fight by the same rules as your enemy, you've got no chance. And what about integrity and honesty? Don't they count for anything? Again, Sam, Keir Starmer. Well, this is the most depressing conversation I've had all week. Always happy to oblige, Sam. Now, could you fuck off, please? I'm about to record a battle rap accusing Gillian Keegan of being the Croydon cat killer. Just keep it down, will you? (laughs) I make no promises, pal. Well, as infuriating as Danny is, he has actually served to highlight a half-decent point about the current level of political debate here in the UK – Labour's attack ads, a shock tactic in themselves, are intended as a means of countering the hardline rhetoric coming from the Prime Minister and Home Secretary, both of whom seem determined to fight the next election on issues that Labour are traditionally seen as weaker on, such as crime, combating grooming gangs and immigration. 
Never mind that under this Conservative government, conviction rates for sex crimes have plummeted while migrant channel crossings have skyrocketed. That's not the point. The point is that the division and dog whistles in themselves are vote winners in a febrile political environment, with the harm they cause seen as an unfortunate means to a worthwhile end. For the Home Secretary, however, her choice of language now goes so far that she's raising eyebrows even among her own party. This week, the Tory peer, Baroness Worsey, a woman who seems perpetually surprised that the awful people she's allied herself with keep being awful, launched an extraordinary broadside against Braverman, accusing her of deliberately stirring up racial tensions and being utterly unfit for office. This was after the Home Secretary reportedly raised concerns over the police's decision to confiscate a collection of offensive dolls in an Essex pub, with an unnamed Home Office source informing the media that Braverman felt it wasn't the sort of nonsense the police should be getting involved with. Joining us in the studio today to discuss, it's our go-to correspondent for all things below dusted cappuccino on the Dulux colour chart, Che Burnley. What the fuck? Oh, sorry, Che, before we start, I should probably have explained. We've got some new editorial guidelines, courtesy of the Tory-appointed board. We're supposed to be unflinching about political correctness now. Is that so? Yeah, and apparently I've also got to ask around and see if I know anyone with a few hundred grand spare that fancies loaning it out, but that's not really relevant. Let's just rewind a sec, shall we, Sam? You do realise there's a fairly big difference between being unflinching about political correctness and making needlessly hack colour chart jokes, right? Oh no, look, it says right there in the memo, apparently being unflinching about political correctness means pandering to at least one lazy stereotype per broadcast and indulging in racist dog whistles. Let me see that. Hmm, I didn't realise we had the same parent company as GB News. What, you didn't think Patreon was keeping the lights on, did you? There's always a billionaire climate change denier wanking behind the curtain somewhere. Fair point. Let's just cut to the chase, shall we? I'm sure you're itching to ask me about the big racial justice story of the week, which is, of course, the two black lawmakers that were expelled and then reinstated to the House in Tennessee. Ah, um, no, actually. No. Okay, I'm guessing it makes sense to stick to here in the UK. So what are we covering then? You've not had me on for weeks. Is it the scathing report that found the London Met is still institutionally racist? It's it's the gollywogs in the fucking pub, isn't it? Yeah, it's the gollywogs in the pub. Hang on. I'm not sure you can say that word. I've got guidelines that say otherwise. Look, it's right here, just under the bit about avoiding the hard R. Give me that. Dulux, chalky, hard R. Fucking hell. So I guess my first question, Shay, speaking in your capacity as a representative of every black person in Britain, is why this story is so offensive to every single one of you. Why are we playing this game, Sam? What game? You know, Sam, you know full well. The media, playing directly into the hands of the same pathetic culture while this government are desperate to cultivate. I'm bored of it. I'm bored of the sad old bigots who cling to gollywogs as if they're part of their heritage. I'm bored of the deliberate provocation of displaying the sodding things. The shitty, desperate attempts to goad me into reacting so that I can get blamed for being oversensitive. And I, not we, I, because I don't speak for everyone, Sam, I am bored of being dragged into the debate over them every six months or so by the media. And above all else, I am 
bored of being asked every single time to shrug off the tedious, low-level racism they represent, as if sticking the fucking things up in a display cabinet for all to see isn't almost always indicative of some far deeper bigotries. I think it's probably a stretch to suggest that every person in the country who owns a gollywog is a bigot, isn't it? Even if they are a horribly dated anachronism these days. Maybe it is, Sam. But in this particular case, it fucking isn't. Given that we know precisely what the owner of this pub has been slapping all over Facebook for the last few years, and he's definitely a racist. Ah, but he's currently in Turkey, and he's not necessarily the landlady in question here. This is his wife we're talking about. You're right, Sam. We are. And she says she's definitely not a racist. She just can't say why her husband has been pictured in a Britain First shirt. According to her, he just fell into it because it was convenient at the time. And really, who amongst us hasn't found it convenient to actively seek out, purchase, and then proudly wear the merchandise of a group of fascist thugs whose leaders have been convicted of inciting racial hatred? It's just easier than shopping at Next. I'm not defending any of that. I'm just saying, broadening the criticism to a man who might not be actively involved in the day-to-day running of the pub... Does what, Sam? Does it give too much context to the situation? He's the fucking licence owner. It's his display, and he's only in Turkey because it's their holiday home. But you're right. We should absolutely be drawing a distinction between Chris Riley and his wife. She, after all, is just married to the man who supports Britain first and makes explicitly racist posts on social media. She's just a wife and a girlfriend of a racist. Sort of golly wag, if you will. Now, hang on, this was supposed to be a story exploiting some minor local drama in order to whip up online debate and drive engagement to the network. We just wanted to leverage some low-level outrage over a matter of political correctness for clicks. I didn't realise we'd be potentially wading in to defend a full-on racist. Oh, are you the Home Secretary then, Sam? Because she made the exact same mistake. Not that Braverman has ever given a fuck about kicking the bigot's nest if it can win the votes of a few racists. So let's just look at the posts of Chris Riley made on social media then, shall we? See if we agree that the police shouldn't be getting involved in this sort of nonsense. <laughs> now look, I feel at this point that maybe the network should be distancing ourselves from- Oh, it's too late now, Sam. You and your new guidelines are balls deep in this, so you may as well commit and finish. But I don't want to. First of all, he shared propaganda images from Generation Identity, a white nationalist group who inspired the 2019 mosque shooting in New Zealand. And on one of those images, of a graphic reading, Keep calm and defend your country, he wrote the caption, It's time to rise up. Well, he could have been talking about anything. And after Rishi Sunak became Prime Minister, he posted, Did all the UK population agree to live under a Muslim regime? Bear in mind, Sam, Rishi Sunak is a Hindu. Yeah, all right, maybe that is a bit racist. And he's also shared posts that read, Defend London, stop Islamification. Videos insisting white people need a safe haven. He's called for White History Month. And the old classic, he posted White Lives Matter following the killing of George Floyd. Oh, and last but not least, he hung some of his precious gollywogs from the fucking rafters of his pub. Ah, but his wife says they're just dolls from her childhood and to her they don't even hold the connotation of black people. So why did she, on the photo of them hanging, ask, is this legal, lol? To which her husband replied, they used to hang them in Mississippi years ago. Ah. Because I've googled it, Sam. And funnily enough, I can't find any mention of harmless dolls getting strung up in Mississippi back in the day. All right, Che, I'll take your point. Do you, Sam? Do you really? 
Because my point is that clearly there is a very good chance that this isn't just about some harmless dolls and some young snowflakes virtue signaling response to them. It's just as likely that someone's taken perfectly justifiable offence at the provocative crap posted by a nasty bigot of a pub landlord who clearly revels in the outrage of his shitty little display. By playing directly into it and trying to make him the victim in this story, both the media and Suella Braverman have embarrassed themselves by accidentally lionising a blatant racist. And that's the fucking point. Are gollywogs the most offensive thing in the world? No but they sure as shit aren't ever displayed in 2023 by the sort of people who deserve any sympathy from the media or the government. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to go. I believe that by getting angry, I've successfully hit our board's pandering to lazy stereotypes target for the day. Oh, come on now, Che. You're not just here to tick boxes. Get fucked, Sam. Please don't stab me. Oh, I see it now. Fair enough. Well, that slightly awkward social interaction brings us to the end of our broadcast. We'll be back with a brand new episode at 8am each and every Sunday. And if you'd like to keep it that way, and keep this podcast out of the clutches of advertisers, do please consider checking out the Patreon link in our podcast description. Join now as an early bird, and for just £2 a month, you'll get early access to every podcast and every blog post over at ICU, as well as a full archive of Patreon-exclusive stories and podcast sketches. For now, though, as always, we leave you with the headlines you may have missed. Speaking in front of the Heritage Foundation think tank in the US, Liz Truss attempts to stage a political comeback by blaming woke culture for her disastrous tenure as Prime Minister. And in unrelated news, after spending 500 days in an underground cave with no contact with the outside world, a Spanish extreme athlete emerges from her isolation experiment and still manages to make a speech that's more in touch with reality than Liz Truss. Katy Perry is to perform at the King's coronation in May, as Prince Andrew promises to look awkwardly at his feet during the chorus of I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It. Animal rights activists are arrested at the Grand National before they can disrupt the race, and under the rules of the National, must now be shot in the head after falling at the first hurdle. And finally, the Dalai Lama apologises after asking a young boy to suck his tongue, with a Buddhist spiritual leader apparently now seeking to be reincarnated as a Catholic priest. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind Oddbins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. 
And no, it's not badger meat. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>